Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Roots Podcast. As always, I'm Carter Spires, here with my co-host Matthew Bartlett, the director and managing editor of the Roots, your premier source for Rice Sports news and analysis. All right. Well, we said last week, hopefully we'd be back celebrating another Rice win, and uh, here we are. Rice has beaten UAB for the second year in a row, starting off 1-0 in conference play, uh, 3-2 and on the year, uh, definitely the latest in any season. They've had a winning record, uh, only a handful of times that they have had a winning record, period, under this uh, coaching staff. But hey, uh, progress is progress, and that was a that was a heck of a win. Yeah, and I believe, I think you said it in hushed tones at the end of our last podcast about the significance of what it would mean if Rice won this game. But I will say, uh, I did look it up. The last time Rice started 3-2, and two, they won a conference championship. I'm just saying. Yeah, so there's Maybe a solid, spoke it into you know, being. solid correlation here. <laughs> <laughs> one for one. That's how it works. Math. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, but... Obviously, the the magnitude of this win is, I mean, we're going to put some words to it, or at least try our best, but yeah, I, 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 I remember when Rice beat UAB last year, and after they beat Marshall in 2020, I think we both afterwards kind of had this, like... I won't talk for you, but I'll talk for me. But I was just kind of had like a shell shock. Like, did that just happen kind of deal? And yeah, for sure. In this game, granted, it was it was an abysmal like end of the first quarter through second quarter where I was just like, whoa, what's going on? But by the time they got to the fourth quarter, it didn't really feel like Rice was stealing anything like like this looked like a good football team that didn't play their best football and still won, which that's what good football teams are supposed to do, right? When you're not playing your best, you still find a way to win. Yeah. Uh, like it was a very, so, so to compare it to last year, um, this is, uh, if you look at, uh, <laughs> the post game win expectancy stat that, that Bill Connolly, the ESPN posts, it's basically like, if you go, you know, if you like covered up the score and just looked at the stats of the game, like what are the chances that a team with these stats would have won this game? Um, last year, Rice's post game win expectancy over UAV was 5%. This year, it was 8%, or 8.1%, rather. Um, so, both in some ways sort of unlikely wins, but <clears throat> in terms of how they felt, in terms of sort of the actual like, how the games played out as opposed to the, you know, just raw stats looking at it from an analytical perspective. Last year was kind of the, you know, a worse team gets kind of all the the breaks and like throws the first big couple of haymakers and then basically hangs on for dear life the rest of the game. And it was a great win, but like, you know, uh, this team, that team last year for all the fact that they won four games for the first time in ages definitely had its issues. Whereas this team, this game felt very different in terms of uh, they started off fine and then things went haywire for about, you know, a solid 
quarter and a half at least. And then they kind of got their act together and and really made a comeback. Like they they were playing poorly and then they were down ten points at halftime and then they charged back and won it. Like it it much more felt like a good team that played poorly but still found a way to win rather than a bad team getting all the breaks and hanging on for dear life. Yes, and and I'll plug if for those who haven't read it, I put a piece up on the site on it went up on on Monday about Rice's kind of trajectory from uh, I I had blanked this out of my memory, but uh, blanked funny enough, Rice was blanked forty two to nothing by UAB at Rice Stadium in twenty eighteen. And and the piece I, I, I put together, I just kind of looked at the five times Rice has played UAB under Bloomgren in, in that progression. And I, I thought it was just kind of interesting because you, you mentioned last team, uh, uh, last year, a bad team kind of sneaking by, getting all the breaks. Uh, when I looked back at the, the box score and kind of looking through this game, so Rice went on a 75-yard touchdown drive to start the game, right? Uh, you know, did you see how many yards they gained from the end of that drive until the halftime whistle? Uh, I I read the piece earlier. You read today, the piece, so yeah. Uh, I, this is a pause here for everyone if you haven't read it. Ready? Zero. Rice left the first half with seventy-five yards of total offense. They had zero yards of total offense from what the six-minute point of the six minutes down in the first quarter to the end of the first half, and they were outscored 17 to nothing by UAB, which could have been more had the Blazers not decided to commit, I think, three holding penalties in a row or pretty close to get themselves out of field goal range at the end of the first half. It, it, it was bizarre. But, yeah, it was, it was just kind of a... I, I don't even know, because we've seen you know, a, a bad rice team play before it just kind of felt uh, out of sync at times. I, I thought the offensive line was having a, a tough go in the trenches, particularly early. Like there were, there were no running lanes. That's something that we can kind of get at rice averaged uh, 2.9 yards per carry in this game. And yeah, unlike pretty. some of the previous games, you know, they'd had, Luke McCaffrey or Brad Rosner over the top, uh, Isaiah Esdale to kind of bail them out of, hey, the offense isn't going very far. Boom, you can just take a shot. There wasn't, I mean, there was a 28-yard a play down the sideline to Brad Rosner in this game, but there wasn't really any long passing to speak of. So the offensive showing was, you know, boom, boom, and a cloud of dust, especially early. Yeah. Um also, this is a total aside, but I'm looking at the like overall team stat box scores. Have you looked at the time of possession for this game? It was 30 minutes exactly on both sides. 30 I remember minutes seeing exactly. that. <laughs> That's incredible. I don't think I've ever seen that before in my life. I I did chuckle at that. Yeah, there were a lot of a lot of things in this game that. that came up at pretty even. I mean. <laughs> Honestly, a, a, a fumble lost by each side. Um, both times got a, both teams got a touchdown's worth. Well, I guess UAB got six 
off turnovers. Rice got a touchdown. They got seven directly scored by the defense. Three red zone scores apiece. They both averaged three yards per carry on the ground. Like, just kind of a interesting, you know, way the box score fell. And I think it was interesting because I was looking through it. Uh, UAB ran for 122 yards in this game, but I wish they counted. I want to see what yards they ran for before you accounted for the holding penalties. Because I realized some of the holding penalties kind of helped spring some of the runs, but they weren't all on them. There were some holding penalties that were called like completely apart from the play. The UAB line was just having a really rough go uh, against the Rice front, uh, regardless of how well they were getting lanes. Uh, I think in this game, Dwayne McBride probably ran for like 220. He's only credited with 120. Yeah. But... That was one of the ones that I had a question mark. I'm like, can Rice stop the run? Uh, I think maybe was the official verdict of this game. I think there were some times, particularly in the second half, where UAB needed to get a yard that Rice was able to kind of bow bow their necks and and come up with a couple big plays. But I didn't come away from this game particularly – as impressed with the rice run defense as I, as I wanted to be. Cause I, I had in my head and that we'd kind of seen, I thought they were not elite, but probably in that upper, upper middle tier of a, a very good run defense. Uh, at this point, I'm kind of circling back to, I think they're okay. Obviously that's going to happen when McBride who's ran for like literally 200 yards against a couple other teams is going to go after you. So I'm, I'm not, not bailing yet. But that was a part where I think this game goes a different way if they're able to prevent him from getting as many chunk gains early. Because, I mean, he averaged 4.5 a carry, but I don't recall him getting hit behind or at the line of scrimmage hardly at all. No, it was it was not a banner day for the the run defense, despite the fact that, like like you said, the final number comes down to three yards a carry. But um, overall, not the performance you would have wanted. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Maybe their sort of average level of play, like general capability, is a little higher than this. But um, I think we would probably say this is not like an elite run defense relative to sort of CUSA standards. It's, I think it's still a pretty good one, hopefully, and hopefully we'll see the level improve after this. But um, I, I think the returns are there enough at this point that we can say that this is probably not like the best run defense they've had the last few years, but it's it should be a solid one. Hopefully. But then on the other side, I think we got to talk about the pass defense, too, because this was something that and I think we've seen, again, a kind of a progression against Rice playing UAB with how they've played in through the secondary, because I think back to that game in 2019 in Birmingham where I think they had three like 60 plus yard touchdown bombs where they just got behind the defense and ran. And I remember looking back and I think, I don't know if you, you might've done a film room for this one in 2020, or we were just talking through it on the podcast. Uh, They had two touchdown passes in that 2020 game and neither of them felt like neither of them got behind the defense. I, I think somebody had somebody trip and fall down and the other one was a perfect throw. So it, it, you kind of saw a step there. And then uh, in this game, they did have a 71 yard completion to, to Tejon Palmer, 
but it was a really weird I couldn't tell exactly what happened, but Rice had gotten them backed up. They were inside their own five yard line and it and it looked like some confusion where like a corner of the safety like crossed paths and he got the ball and kind of broke out of a scrum and, and went went for a long distance. But I mean credit the Rice defense, they chased him down, which it's not often you get a seventy one yard pass to a fast wide receiver and he doesn't score. So that was the one long pass play. Other than that, no other pass plays went 30 yards. Uh, they had a couple plays, you know, in the intermediate area of the field. But I think we've both kind of seen with uh, D.C. Brian Smith the past couple years, he's going to give teams the middle area of the field and he's going to give up the 10 yard cushion so that he doesn't get beat with a 50 yard bomb. And I think for the most part, that's working. Tank Dell got behind him last week. But other than that, that's I think this secondary is, you know, this used to be a team that was like, man, the run defense is awesome. And the secondary, we just will cross our fingers. Uh, we might be flipping. I think the secondary might be playing at a higher level uh, than the run defense, especially with the rush. The rush was very, very good, uh, especially in the second half of this game. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like it. Like you said, it's it's very encouraging to see that like you only give up that one big gain and sort of a a weird play where it's mostly mostly yards after catch. Like you're not really nobody's like getting behind the defense, which was always what we used to see when they would really get beat. Um, yeah, you wonder if it, at this point forward it it might be the sort of thing where you know okay these corners are pretty good, these safeties are pretty good. Do you like? You know, do you start playing a little more like single high or middle of the field close coverages where you're you're kind of creeping guys down more into the box to stop the run? Like, you know, and maybe I think that we did work, see worker doesn't work depending on the team, but like it's, you know, they got some dudes in the secondary. And when you when you've got dudes back there, it kind of lets you get a little more aggressive up front. And, and, and I was going to add, I think we did see a little bit of that in this game. There were a couple instances that I noticed, or particularly on a couple key third downs, where Rice brought, they brought a safety down, or they kind of disguised and did a couple unique pressures, and they brought the house uh, on a couple occasions. They did get a sack, I think, on, I think it was the maybe the second quarter. They had a like a basically an all-out blitz and got a sack, and it worked. Uh, but the other couple times, I, I got to give credit to Dylan Hopkins. I never really viewed him as a, honestly, as a very good quarterback. I just hadn't really seen anything that impressed me. I kind of felt it was, you know, him winning because of the scheme. But he had a couple really good reads in this game where the pressure was good, but it didn't quite get to them. And he found the open guy and made Rice pay. And, you know, that's kind of the the danger you you get when you when you roll out like that and you're going to bring pressure if you have a good quarterback he can get you but uh, altogether I mean they they were able to do what they needed to do and I think you know again UAB scored 24 points in this game and this is a defense that uh, or an offense now that I actually looked it up right before we started uh, chatting let's go see if I can open pull this up uh they the offense or i guess not the offense we did have a defensive touchdown in this game yeah there we go finally finally uh, got rice is averaging the other direction 
Yeah, we were, were five defensive touchdowns scored against them, one touchdown for the Rice defense. So we need four more, at least. We'll put that out there. But uh, Rice is a team averaging 30.8 points per game heading into the bye week, which, honestly, if you told me any team under Bloomgren was going to average more than 30 points a game, I would have been pleasantly surprised. I don't think I would have seen that coming. They averaged 23.4 points per game in 2021, so they're already a full touchdown better. And the 23.4, that was their highest mark under Bloomgren yet. So I think the offensive scheme is working, clearly. And then this is something, and I think this is kind of another big picture thing that I've seen. On the If we shift over to the offensive side of the ball, I think the creativity and some of the play calling that they've pulled out this season have has been absolutely stupendous. Like I've been so happy yeah. to see what they've done because they went into half and I think they've always been really good with that first scripted drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know, I think it was, it was 2019 to 2020. I think they scored on their opening drive like 12 games in a row or 11 of 12 or something like that. So getting that first scripted thing has never been a problem, but it's been the adjustments when they had that one scripted drive and then the offense literally did nothing. I was like, you know, pulling my hair out watching this game thinking like, how, what are they going to do? Like, what are they going to change in the second half that magically is going to get the offensive line to be able to sustain against the UAB pressure. Oh, it's like there's no running lanes and there's too much pressure. I don't know how they're going to move the football. Then they dialed up. Uh, McMahon had a, a, a big conversion on a QB draw, which I don't think they'd really had much true draws in this game or in this season. Like that just no. hasn't been a huge part of the game plan. Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, McMaffrey, McCaffrey had uh, like a jet sweep. They ran another option play. They had a a play to McCaffrey out of the backfield. They just did so many different things where they found creative ways to move the football. And it was kind of like, you know, baseball, like small ball. You just find a way to to generate offense if it's not there. I kind of felt like they found a way to do that, which I don't think we've ever really seen a Rice team be able to do that. Yeah, no, it, it was sort of a, a like an, an odd and kind of fascinating offensive performance. They had 209 yards of total offense, which is not very much, and throw out the defensive touchdown. Scoring 21 points on that little offense is kind of crazy. And it's because you go back and look at the box score, they have the 75-yard drive to start the game. They have a 48, or so they have basically three actual three drives at all in the uh in the second half wow um two of those were touchdown drives 48 yards and 82 yards and then on rice's other like one two three four five rice's like six other drives in the game they basically did nothing so they basically like kind of scratched and clawed their way to like three perfect drives and then had nothing the entire rest of the game yeah i'm looking through these and i'm 
I'm trying to figure out how Rice scored 28 points. Like I, it, it was crazy. And 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 you look at like just the the box score. Like McMahon completed uh, 65% of his passes. I mean, he was efficient. The, the running yeah, game I mean, was not like, there, which we've talked about, but by ESPN's QBR metric, which is supposed to take like kind of a holistic look at like how you played in a game. Uh, he and Dylan Hopkins had basically the same QBR, which is kind of wild. Um, That's but it was just weird. Like it, it's it's the sort of thing where like usually if you are playing well enough on offense to have three extended touchdown drives, then you're going to have other drives where you gain some yards but didn't score. But Rice kind of either like. They managed to get those three drives, and they were all longer. Well, I mean, 48 yards is a little shorter, I guess, but not like a, you know, this wasn't the sort of thing where they got, like, three turnovers, and so they, like, you know, scored on three separate 15-yard drives. I always think there was a a Florida-Missouri game when Will Muschamp was at Florida where Missouri won, like, 42-17, to 17, and they had, like, 160 yards of offense because Florida kept turning it over at their <laughs> own, like, 10-yard line. So Missouri had, like, four or five scoring drives that were like 20 yards or less. But Rice didn't have that here. It wasn't a, it wasn't like, oh yeah, they, you know, they scored 30 points because they've got a bunch of turnovers inside the 10. Now they got one defensive score and they had three beautiful drives and absolutely nothing else. Yeah, and I don't think we've given like a direct shout out to Treshawn Chamberlain maybe in a while, maybe this season on the <laughs> podcast. Well, no, yeah. we we did because I mentioned. This year. Yeah, he's been fantastic. He hasn't had all the tackle numbers, but I think that's because the front seven, honestly, is just playing better, uh, which which helps. But right. He had that interception a couple weeks ago off that tip pass, and which he ran through and got, which we we applauded him for. But watching the backwards pass fumble live. Uh, from, from my vantage point, I think every single player on the field froze. Like, George Nyquall, if you didn't see the play, uh, Hopkins kind of throws it. It it looks kind of sideways. You're like, I think that's backwards, but not really sure. He kind of drops it off to the running back in the flat, and George Nyquall just, like, obliterates this man. Like, just comes in flying and destroys him. The ball drops to the ground. And then everybody's just kind of standing there. Nobody moves. It it rolls all the way to like a yard from the sideline. And Treshawn Chamberlain picks it up and runs into the end zone while everyone else is still standing there. Like the officials are just kind of right over there by the ball. Everyone's just kind of looking. Nobody even celebrates when he's standing in the end zone with the football because no one's really sure what happened. And then the official signals touchdown and everybody starts freaking out and they don't even the, the officiating this game was just bonkers. Like, I think that's a fair way to say it. Like it just was, we had absolutely, we had disconcerting signals and taunting called in this game. <laughs> disconcerting signals is my favorite, favorite penalty in all of football. Yeah. But like, we had that. We had roughing the passing, targeting every hold, ineligible man downfield. I think they just broke out the rule book. It was there was no flow or rhythm. But but for for Chamberlain to pick up that ball and 
and, and end up in the end zone. That was it was one of the few moments because I, I felt like you go back to the fumble on the the sack of McMahon against Houston where I feel like we've had enough of these. Oh, here we go again. Like just like everything was going so well. And then the yeah. bottom falls out. I don't I can't really think of many moments where the bottom has fallen out for the other team. And that was kind of when that happened, it kind of felt like, oh, Rice doesn't need to like mount like three Herculean touchdown drives. Rice can just play defense and and do enough. And I'm like, Rice can play defense and do enough. Okay. Yeah. No, that's that's manageable. Yeah, it, it was it was huge. It. so they did it. <laughs> Rice is Rice is <laughs> three and two, and and I guess if if we wanted to talk big picture, I kind of thought it would be an interesting to just kind of kind of go piecemeal through here because I think when we were, you know, previewing this season, I think best case scenario in my head was two and three before the bye. I think I might've said, you know, maybe three and two, but it was never a, well, yeah, they could, they could, they could totally get to three and two. Yeah, unless I'm yeah, misremembering. If, if you had told me before the season that they would beat two out of three of Louisiana, Houston, and UAB, like that would be, I, I would have been ecstatic. And uh, here we are, and they did just that. So I think we're we're at full blown. If we're if we're on this the continuum from the worst case scenario to the best case scenario, I think we're living a, a charmed life here in the best case scenario of what we thought the outcome would be. If I'm just looking at the offensive side of the ball, I I think this has to be a full bore best possible case scenario. Like I don't they're scoring thirty plus points a game. McMahon became the first Rice quarterback to have back to back three hundred yard passing games since Dreyfus Jackson. Hmm. He has I mean, I five guess the best the best case scenario would involve fewer pick sixes off the hands of receivers, but um, <laughs> this is true. Other, and this is interesting. Yes. Otherwise, yes. Yeah, well, I think that's a good point because I keep, I keep thinking through and I'm looking at, cause I, I love all of these, like I'm a numbers guy, right? I love all these advanced metrics and you know, whether it's EPA or yards per play yeah. or FBI or whatever you want to put in that, accounts for efficiencies and whatnot Uh, going into this uib game i looked at a bunch of of these numbers and they were all like very underwhelming to compared to where i thought this team was uh, because they were baking in five defensive touchdowns which obviously that's gonna hurt your points per drive that's going to hurt the num- the points that your team is giving up, even though the defense wasn't on the field when those were scored. And, I- and I'm sitting there thinking, I'm looking at all these, and I'm like, there's literally a touchdown of negativity baked into the numbers for the Rice offense and a touchdown of negativity baked into the Rice defense's evaluation because not all metrics take that out of counting the defense. So I'm like, I think Rice is a touchdown better across the board than every metric has. And I think this was what this was a Rice was a ten point underdog, and some of the lines were calling, or some of the models had Rice losing by a lot more in this game. And I just 
I just never saw this being a that one-sided of a contest. Yeah, no. And on that note, um, I don't know if there's been an updated version of it, but uh, as we might have guessed uh, after last week, so uh, Parker Fleming, uh, Stats of War on Twitter, posted a graphic last week that was uh, basically like the teams that had outperformed or underperformed the spread by the most. Uh, and obviously after uh, winning as a what 12 point underdog and then beating the spread by 10 points against Houston, they were uh, doing okay. And then with another uh, win as a 10 plus point underdog, they are, uh, I imagine quite handily. Uh, Got to be among the, the best teams in the country. Yeah. Yeah, they were already last year, or what are they last week? Um, yeah, and you take away five defensive scores. Yep. And and I get it. You can't just take points off the board. They happen. And that's not what I'm saying. And and maybe that's not the best way to to historically look at things. But I think if you project this team going forward, you can't possibly project that they will have five more defensive touchdowns scored against them. Right. It's not that you can just throw those things out in terms of the results. It's that those result, those things are not predictive going forward. Right. So uh, you you take that out. I think we feel a lot, maybe not a lot differently about this defense, but on on the defensive perspective, uh, I think I'm, if I'm like best case scenario on the offense, I feel like for the defense, I, I'm two thirds of the way up. Like, I don't I don't think this is they've really had that complete, complete defensive performance. Right. And some of it has been kind of jaded because the other team has gotten free points that are not their fault. Uh, like handing the ball to the other team at the three yard line. Like, we can't do that. So and, and Bloom said that was Rice's first fumble of the year. Which. Wow. That surprised me. That's pretty yeah. good, by the way. Yeah, we're talking no, about offense. Well, it's all especially because of that you know you factor in the fact that they have overall like thrown a lot of interceptions. So, despite having thrown all those interceptions, they're still doing relatively fine in terms of overall turnover margin, and that hasn't completely kind of tanked them because they've otherwise taken care of the football in terms yeah. of putting it on the ground as ball carriers at least. Yeah. So I think altogether, maybe if we haven't seen the best defense, I, I think this is still like, I mean, if the 2020 defense was the best we've seen and miles McCord was the number one corner on that defense. And he's the fourth or fifth corner right now, depending on where Treshawn Devone works back. Like this, this defense is, is, is good to very good. I don't know if they're going to be like top two or three in the conference, but I, I would be stunned if they're not top five. Like they'll be, they'll be good enough. They're good enough to win the conference. As long yeah. as the, as long as the offense keeps playing well. And I think that's what and, matters. And we get to, we haven't talked about it yet, but special teams. I, this is pretty darn close to the best case scenario on special teams too. Like, yeah, they made multiple 40 plus yard field goals. The 
the punt game. Uh, we haven't talked about it much yet, but Connor Hunt won the punting job over Charlie Mendez. I know that wasn't like a like vociferous, like well, you know, <laughs> not not everyone was looking at the punter battle going into fall camp. I understand that, but he's been pretty good. I, he hasn't. There have not been any shanks, which is what you look from from a punter. And he had a, I think it was a a fifty. Was it a sixty-two yard kick? I have to go back and pull it up. He had a he had a a booming kick that rolled against UAB and got them out of being pinned in the red zone. Uh, and then there was a, a rice penalty on it. He re-kicked it, and then UAB got the ball like inside the rice fifty. So that didn't count, which was a bummer. But he's been really good. Kicking has been really good. Uh, I mentioned this, I think, on the Blue and Gray preview show. Uh, if you're not watching those, JP and I do those every Wednesday on the Rice YouTube page. But but uh, on, on kickoffs, Tim Horn uh, has a higher touchback percentage on his kickoffs than Jack Fox did. And Okay. Jack. Jack Fox that'll, is that'll do it. pretty good at kicking the football. So, I I mean, offense is doing as good, better than, as good or better if we could expect it. Defense right there, at least, like we had high expectations, so they've at, less, at least met them, if not maybe exceeded them a little bit. Special teams is, is doing great. Uh, we don't think that there's going to be another five defensive touchdowns scored against this team. And... This is interesting. I, I, I texted you this last week, but I was looking again. Uh, Chris Vanini at The Athletic does a ranking of all 131 mm-hmm. college football teams. So I, I pulled that up today just to see where Rice ended up in that number. Uh, they have seven games la- left. Uh, they're number 75 in The Athletic's 131. UTSA is at number 47. And no other team Rice plays for the rest of the year is ranked above them. So I'm uh, not saying, but yeah. And UTSA comes to Rice Stadium. I mean, if we if we thought CUSA was wide open before the season and that the, the you know there were potentially things there for the taking for Rice. Uh, it, certainly looks as much or more that way right now. So they're going into buy into the buy atop the conference standings. I think that's all you can ask for. I think what it is North Texas two and out. Somebody's two and out. Yeah, North so, Texas. I guess not technically atop, but they're undefeated. And that's uh, as good as we'll you can it. ask yeah. for. Yeah. Like this is we're here to reiterate. We were here to to uh, sympathize and suffer with you through the hard days. And now we're just here to say, yes, your eyes are not deceiving you. What looks like a good football team is a good football team. And that's fun. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, refreshing for sure. Yeah. OK, well, I'm happy. Uh, yeah. Complain. Yeah, me too. Uh all right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for us this week. Uh, Bryce is off this weekend. Um, so not sure what our plans are for next week, but we'll uh, 
we'll get back to you and we'll be uh, ready to move forward with the season. Hopefully head for a poll and maybe more. Uh, so we'll see you all soon on Rice Fight. This show was edited and produced by Carter Spires. It features music from Joseph McDade.